Hi, everyone. My name is Rayson, and I'm your host for the Regacy Show. And today and tonight in America, it's number 125. All right, this episode, we're going to have an amazing guest. His name is none other than Julian Hayes II. But before we actually talk a lot about him, I just want to let you guys know that, you know, as a business owner, without the structure of a nine to five, work can be and often is all consuming. Therefore, there is a need for you to sustain high levels of productivity and success for longer hours. So in this episode, we've invited an amazing epigenetic Atelier and his name's none other than Julian Hayes II. So Julian helps to create a world where entrepreneurs, investors, and executives stop chasing success at the expense of their health. He envisions these top performers sharing their wisdom and expertise for an extra 60 plus years and ultimately running around with their great, great grandchildren. Not just seeing them. So Julian is also featured in Success Magazine, Entrepreneur Magazine, Inc. Magazine, Business Insider, and Huffington Post, among other places. And, you know, without further ado, let's welcome this amazing gentleman into the show. Hey, hey. What's up, man? What's up? And, you know, thank you so much for having me on. I'm glad we got to finally make this happen. It is, um, it's a very cool thing to be, this is the power of the internet to be talking to someone across the world and we're just connected like this. I mean, that's just, you know, just the little small things like that, that we now take for granted, but it's just, um, it's a, I'm constantly amazed by it. Oh yeah. I'm, I'm really amazed by how social media, especially do, during this day and age where we can actually connect with not just entrepreneurs of the same industry but of different industries and even our idols as well we can just tweet to them probably even dm them pm them and hopefully their admin will actually reply to us or they themselves will reply to us as well right and and this is phenomenal uh, without internet podcasts won't be around yeah. like yeah without without um like all this uh, social media mm-hmm. we can't even get through to you guys right without pot match for example i can't even uh, get to know you in person I, I wouldn't have known your existence as well and you wouldn't have known the regacy show's existence as well yeah so it's, yeah it, it was all it was made it was supposed to be ha- it was supposed to happen so that's the way i look at it yeah definitely definitely and and uh you know uh, i'm pretty sure that um you are feeling much better than than uh, the other time, right? Um, absolutely, but, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. A lot of that, a lot of that is my fault. A lot of that's my fault. I am. Um, I have a knack for pushing the limits on certain things, and sometimes your body just says to shut down and mm-hmm. and to rest. So, you know, it happens. <laughs> but I, yeah, and I think that's I think that's the best thing for you know I, I think for entrepreneurs and just you know busy professionals in general is that usually we're the type of people who likes to go, go, go. We're very ambitious. So sometimes, you know, that check engine light that we get in our car, it's going to come on sometimes. And we just have to, you know, you know, I have a little more wisdom now. I'm still learning. I'm still a kid in my, by my definition, but 
when I feel that now I slow down and just take a day to rest, take a day or two to rest. Whereas maybe a yeah. few years ago, I would have kept, kept my foot on the gas pedal and kept going and going and going. And then that leads to a bigger issue down the line. So it's, you know, you know, it's good to have wisdom. Yeah, true, true. And, and that's why we are having you here on this podcast for this time round. We're going to talk a lot about this, about not just learning how to take your own breaks, but also at the same time, be able to, uh, you know, in terms of like going through how we can actually be able to take care of our, of our health. Mm-hmm. Because in general, everyone knows that health is wealth, right? Absolutely. Like, we hear that literally. a lot. We, without without health, no matter how much billions of dollars that we have, it can't it, it can't help us. If let's say Warren Buffett is dying now, that billions of dollars can't save him to to leave another ten more years, twenty more years, right? It, it's, Absolutely. It's and yeah, we saw that why... we saw that we saw that with Steve Jobs also. That yeah, you can have that and didn't, but you know it, it still took him out. Yeah, true. Th- th- that's why uh, you know this this is life and. I would like to actually uh, ask you to introduce yourselves a little bit more about who you are, what you do, and who you serve. Because I'm pretty sure the the audience in my Asia, in, in Asia, in, in my perspective, they are, I'm pretty sure they do not know much about Julian Hayes II. So do you mind mm-hmm. uh, share more about yourself? Yeah, well, you know, just me personally, I'm a very, um, I'm a very curious individual, and curiosity, I would say, has been my driving force throughout life. Curiosity has led me to continually pursue and expand on what I know about health and what the possibilities could be regarding health, and even just personally. Now, I won't give you the whole bio biography of myself. Now, um, we won't do this a Joe Joe Rogan style interview, but. Um, <laughs> I think a key moment for me was when I was in medical school. So I was in New York City. I'm from Nashville, Tennessee. That's the southern portion of the U.S. New York is New York City. Everybody knows New York City. It's a, it's a zoo up there. But it, I, and I say that in the most loving way, in case anybody is watching from New York right now. And I, I didn't diss your city or anything. But <laughs> it's a totally different environment from what I grew up from, just to get the point across. And when I was up there... And I was with around the different students and everything. I noticed I started having these little what I call breadcrumbs. I always heard a voice in my head telling me that maybe you should be doing something else. And I just ignored it. But while I was up there, I kept meeting more and more people. And I just realized that I love the idea. I love science. I love health. But I did not love the idea necessarily of being a surgeon. And so I had a random encounter. I was at a bar in the Lower East Side. And I was talking to this uh, young woman. And she not only was doing something that she loved, but she was also, she also had the freedom as well. So she combined, you know, something for a career Mm -hmm. into her life. And I think people call it lifestyle design or something. And that stuck with me. So I went back and I decided... I'm not going to go back. I'm going to get involved in health. And so I started as a personal trainer. That wasn't enough for me, you know, and then I I did a little online fitness coaching. That wasn't enough. And I just felt like there was something else there. 
And I stumbled upon this thing called epigenetics and genetics and then a whole host of other things in this precision health and performance field. And I love this stuff for myself because I train, uh, um, I do a, a couple of different sports. And then I just figured that somebody else in the world, a couple other people are going to be interested in this. And secondly, I think this is where the future of health is going. We used to live in a world where there's all these different types of diets and they're very blanketed advice but we're mm -hmm. very unique individuals you know we yep. might be 99.9 percent .9 the same but that 0.1 percent is a huge difference and i didn't see that enough covered and that's where we can come in to say that my genetics and my way of experiencing life so far depending on my labs my blood is going to be different from yours so yep. why should i tell you to eat it the same way as me if that's not ideal for your genetics and so that is, is, is in a nutshell, sorry, is how I go about working with people inside my concierge practice is that it's an end of one, meaning that everything is bespoke and designed and implemented for you from the ground up and, and everything is all encompassing with that. Oh, okay. Interesting. So that means, uh, what you have to do is you've got to take blood samples and then after that, you got to see. Uh, what what is uh, suitable for them in terms of dieting, exercises, things like that, right? Yeah, so what you would do, yeah, absolutely. And so you could say the first stage is all about assembling as much data as possible. And so you would have someone go off to, you would schedule. Um, I don't do the none of the blood drawing because I'm not a doctor. So in the States, I'm not allowed to do that stuff. I have okay. partnerships. I have partnerships with people and and we collectively kind of work together. So that's why it's not just usually me because um there's a lot to know about the human body and yeah. when you're offering a top tier service you want the smartest people possible to look at it so we kind of combine forces and each person is whiteboarded but to answer that question yes there's things like blood work to go to a lab there's of course a genetic testing that you're going to do mm -hmm. there is depending on how detailed you want to do you can look at a quality of life assessment because we often focus on physical health, but we do not think about mental health and emotional health. And so sometimes you can, and especially a lot of high entrepreneurs, these people can be very financially successful and still not be very fulfilled in their life. So we have mm -hmm. to look at that as well, because a lot of ailments and issues actually start in, you know, most of them start internally and manifest themselves into other things. So if you have a stress mentally and emotionally, that can manifest itself and maybe it's inflammation or maybe it's just a stubborn weight. And so that's why we are looking at mental, emotional, even spiritual components, as well as the traditional blood working, lab testing and heart monitoring devices. Ah, uh, okay. Interesting. Okay. And, and, you know, as, as we are actually talking about epigenetics, where it's mm -hmm. talking about genes. So I, I'm pretty curious, like, are we our genes or can we do something about it to, to, to enhance ourselves, for example, and things like that? Yeah. So you can split that up into two portions here. So are we our genes? We are our genes, our genes, the genes that we came into this world with are the genes that we're going to stick with. But the caveat with that is that these genes do not determine our destiny. These genes really are just offering clues into our past and offering clues into where we came from, but it doesn't determine where we're going to go. And 
to break this down, let's look at the word epigenetics. So if you hear epigenetics, the word epi means above the gene. So, you know, so once we have that, so think of this as like a computer. We have a hardware, we have the software. And yep. the software is communicating with this hardware on how to perform. In this instance, our bodies, this human system here, this is our hardware. And the software is the foods we eat, the things we're drinking, the relationships we have, the jobs we have, everything essentially in our environment is mm. dynamically interacting with us. And so certain genes are turning on, certain genes are turning off, some are expressing, some are not expressing. And this is all dependent upon our um, behaviors that we do. So in a mm. nutshell, then this is why we do have more control over our health destiny than is initially led on to believe. Ah, okay, I understand. Because I, I remember very clearly that last time when I was listening to this podcast called Addicted to Success, Joe Brown was actually interviewing one guy and this guy was saying that we are not our genes because like we can actually alter it in a sense where it's not like, you know, injecting stuff in it or yeah. whatsoever, but it's more or less like uh, the mindset, the, the, the frameworks that you have in your mind, you can actually alter them, you can read up books, you can learn from people, coaching, YouTube videos and whatsoever. So uh, that's why I was like asking this question as well, because uh, I'm curious on your perspective and I realized that, hey, it's the same. It's, it's, yeah. It's, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, he's referring to on a very basic level, this is what each and every one of us are doing throughout the day. Yeah. A lot of times we just don't realize it, but this is but we are most definitely communicating and telling our, our bodies on a cellular level what to do by the decisions and mm -hmm. actions that we do every day. A lot of the fancy stuff and more the more, I guess, biohacking, if you want to use that word, oh, yeah. okay. that stuff is that stuff is adding icing on the cake. But a lot of times we got to focus on the cake first before we get to those other things. Yeah, true. Okay. Okay. Nice. Okay. Well, well, this this is a well, uh, you know, well explained, and I'm pretty sure that whoever that's tuning in, either from, uh, I can see some of them that tuning in from Thailand. There's people from Singapore that tuning in, and some of them are from America that are tuning in. I'm pretty sure this is something that is gonna help you in your journey as an entrepreneur or a professional as well. Uh, I'm pretty sure whatever that Julian has mentioned just now. It's something that you can actually do, and it's pretty simple. It's not so, it's not so tough at all. And, uh, uh, you know, we we are actually gracefully, um, to be honest, in this generation, all of most of us are like gracefully aging right now. In in a sense, that uh, you and I, we are as we are growing older and older, we are slowly aging as well. So, can you tell us like what's the first principle of healthy aging yeah the first principle it is super easy and it's free and it is oh. all about it's our mindset and i know we hear this word mindset a lot but it, it really oh, is yeah. our mindset and i want to explain why it's it's our mindset and when you think about the word aging if you say the word aging to the average person that's just going about the street here they're going to have a very negative perception of the word aging if you say aging, you're like, oh, it's something that they're afraid of. You know, yeah. aging is something where you think about you have this stubborn weight that you can't get off or your mind is just not as sharp you, you, mm -hmm. or maybe you're just colder a little more. 
and your skin temperature is yeah. down and even some people they go to sleep early now right and then they and mm -hmm. so their whole circadian rhythms are thrown off but we'll go through a bunch of examples you may get one positive out of that and say with aging comes wisdom but with but you're not going to get too many other positives with that so it's typically something that people are afraid of and look down upon so the first yeah. thing is why i say mindset is that aging needs a rebrand we need to rethink and reimagine and give a new definition to what aging actually means because the definition given to us by and i speak from just the state the western perspective in the states here is that with aging comes a lesser sicker weaker performing version of yourself and mm -hmm. that doesn't that doesn't have to be the case at all yeah true i mean like there are 70s or even some of them who are in in their 80s who are still mm -hmm. exercising who are still pumping up iron and all this other stuff like people like probably Arnold Schwarzenegger, uh, Sylvester Stallone, they're in their in their fine age and they're still building muscles and they're still you know performing, acting and they're still in peak performance in, in a sense in their age. People would be in the in the in the streets, you know, chilling, going to the bars to drink or even like staying in an old folks' home, for example. But these guys like you know they they are rebranded aging to in a way where it's fun and it's it's productive in a sense yeah it's vibrant and and because when you think about aging when you think about living a long time it's not a lot of times we just focus on just the lifespan and just mm. living to 100 years old but we have to think about the quality of those 100 years that you're living so therefore mm -hmm. you need your health span and then we need our wealth span so we need a health span lifespan and wealth span we need those three key ingredients all synergistically meshing with each other that okay. is the definition of what aging sh should look like okay all right do you mind if you explain further in terms of like what what is this um lifespan and even wealth span and health span all about it's just a simple de definition a lot of times if you hear lifespan it's just focusing on living the increasing number of years oh Okay, yep. okay. And so that's how long you're going to live. So somebody can say, hey, the average age has gone up from 75 to 80 years old. And on the surface, that might look good. Yeah. That the average is five years old. But then some people will say, okay, what's the quality of those five years that's been added on? So therefore, mm -hmm. we're going to look at the, the quality of health during that time. That's the health okay. spend in. So you're looking at different things like illnesses, comorbid comorbidities, and all those good things. Well span is more of like the everyday lifestyle component that should be added within that. So the type of things that you are experiencing in within mm -hmm. life and within that, that lifespan and within that health span. Okay. Oh, okay. Understand. All right. Interesting. And also, uh, I'm curious on what, what's your take on this? Like what's one of the main obstacles or even things that causes us to age rapidly? I think this answer changes a lot of times for me. At times, I would say it is structure, lack of structure. But recently, I'm seeing more of what you could call it stress. And I would say allostatic stress, meaning that the um, it's all-encompassing stress. And... Mm -hmm. When you think about stress, we don't we don't want to get rid of stress. Yeah, we want to be able to mitigate it 
and to manage it because a little stress is good. For instance, when I go to the gym or when I go run or box or swim, I'm putting a stress on my body, but that, that stress that's being put on my body is going to help me grow and be stronger for the next sessions afterward. Mm -hmm. And, and so we have to look at different types of stress. So there's work stress, there's, there's relational stress, environmental stress. And, um, and so looking at all these different types and we don't have control over those stressors. And so that's one of the key things there. And that stress that's un, that's unmitigated leads to a cascade like effect that can then typically lead to poor nutritional decisions or skipping the gym and not sticking to an exercise regimen and um, neglecting your sleep mm. and then further down the chain because this is all connected that's yep. where you get into more of the inflammation the inflammation and at the center at the culprit of most things when we look at when a body starts stops to perform as well is usually inflammation is tied to that oh okay i understand and it, speaking of sleep is it is it like necessary for all of us to sleep at least eight hours a day or mm -hmm. Can we shortchange it to probably five, six hours some days? Yeah, I, I don't, everyone's not, everyone doesn't need eight hours. Like the old standard, go to sleep, get your eight hours. I, I think that's outdated advice. Okay. What, I would, what I would say here is that five hours, eh, that's a little low for most people. And the reason why is because, so... On a random fact, there is a gene, I believe it's DEC2, DEC2 gene, mm -hmm. and it's like a short sleeper gene. So it, oh, with, these, okay. with, with these people, they can actually thrive, legit thrive on short sleep. And you can look at their brain, mm -hmm. act, you can look at their brain activity and you can see that it's, it's functioning just the same as someone who maybe sleeps seven and a half to eight hours. Here's okay. the bad news with that, only, only around maybe five or so percent, ten percent of the world has that, I think. So I don't have oh. it. I don't have it. I tried to make I tried to, you know, get it by with five hours and it looked too good. Now, <laughs> okay. to actually answer this question though, and with a lot of things in health, it's not the most sexiest answer, but a lot of times the answer is it depends. So here's the thing this is why I say that. I'll use myself as an example. So on top of work, I train maybe 10, 12 plus hours a week on different activities. So okay. I'm putting my body through a lot of stress throughout the day, throughout the week. So I need to recover a little more compared to someone who's maybe lifting weights four times a week, is walking though 10,000 steps every day. Their mm -hmm. demand for sleep and recovery is not as as uh, huge as mine is because I'm putting my body through a lot of more stress. So that's why usually with individuals, what I would say is assess your lifestyle. How much stress are you putting your body through? And then also look into wearables, whether it's a Fitbit, whether it's an Apple watch, a Garmin, a BioStrap or a Whoop, look into those, monitor your sleep, look at your HRV, look at your heart rate, look at all of these different parameters and then also um, be mindful for a little bit throughout the weeks as you're measuring this 
and see just how you feel each day on this amount of sleep and then this amount of sleep. And then eventually you'll probably find your sweet spot. Oh, okay. I understand. All right. So for those of you who are tuning in, just remember, it doesn't matter, you know, uh, how many hours of sleep that you have for one day itself. Sometimes you need to, you can, you, you need to do certain things. So that's why you, you're sleeping a bit later, you're sleeping lesser, but it doesn't mean that, uh, you need to have eight hours of sleep every single day, right? So like what Julian mentioned, it all depends. The sexiest answer might not be eight <laughs> hours a day anymore. It, it's going to be, it depends for, for everyone and, and, and anyone that's tuning in. And yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm pretty uh, stoked when, when you say that because sometimes I do sleep lesser than eight hours. Sometimes I sleep four, five. So yeah, I, I mean, look, it, it happens. I mean, we're... Yeah, you know we're entrepreneurs. We're very busy people, and you know we're running. We're running things. We're growing a business. We're growing a podcast. We're growing a YouTube channel, or we're growing a family. And you got kids, and the kids mm -hmm. are going to wake you up in the middle of the night. So this sounds good in theory to get seven and a half, eight hours every night. And for the most part, I I really do advise people to to stick to that because sleep mm -hmm. is sleep is one of the biggest pillars of optimal health and aging but yep. you also got to be realistic that life happens i don't even get the optimal mm -hmm. amount of sleep on a lot of nights as well so give yourself some grace with that but also keep in mind but then if you if you do also find yourself short on the sleep in consider taking maybe a nap throughout the day mm -hmm. not too long but maybe 20 to 30 minutes yeah, taking a nap is, is, is important as well. It, it will refresh your mind. And then after that, you can go back to do whatever you want. And, and, and try not to, like what you mentioned, try not to go beyond 20, 30 minutes or else. It's like as if you had some sleep in the day. Yeah, you'll feel a little groggy typically because, you know, we, we have different stages of sleep. And a typical yeah. sleep cycle is going to be 90 minutes. And when you stay within that parameter of 20 to 30 minutes, you're going to be in the lighter stages. So it's easier to wake up at it. But whereas if you go further into that sleep cycle, you're going to get more into your deep sleep and you're going to feel a little more groggier as you come out and, and get back um, to work mm. throughout your day. Okay. I understand. And you know that so many of successful entrepreneurs out there, they, they are actually pretty successful in their business, right? But uh, despite being successful in their business, I'm curious, like, why do some entrepreneurs still struggle with their health? Yeah. And so it's, uh, I'm trying to think of a clever name, but it's the, um, actually, let's, yeah. let's, do, let's do a story with it, right? Sure. You know, so when you're running a business and... Let's say you bring in more capital, you bring in more money with that business. So now you have more resources. And typically when you're a business and you have more capital and money coming in, you can allocate those resources to helping your business grow exponentially. And the more capital you get, the more you pour back into your business and the quicker and the more that you're going to get back in return for doing that. Yeah. So therefore, you can always just keep your foot on the gas and typically expect business to grow. The only the difference is with health, it does not work like that. If you keep your foot just always on the gas, then you're going to be overextended because in optimal health, it's like a pendulum. 
it's balances of the scales and you want to be even on there yeah. and the entrepreneurs and i'm kind of guilty of this myself at times we love to have our foot on the gas it's go 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 and we never take time to hit the brakes and relax to let our bodies actually heal and grow so we can perform even better and so the entrepreneurs is always just treating you should run your body like a business but there's some caveats and exceptions to that concept of running your body like a business and so more does not always equal better when it comes to health true true because you will tend to over exhaust yourself and then after that it would it will be you know too extreme where you you can't even get out of, of the bed right it is <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, you'll have someone who says like, I do CrossFit six days a week, and I, I cut out all my carbs. And you know, they're, they're to the extremes on each end of of the modalities and, and the, the things that they're doing on a daily basis. And so they're, they're draining themselves right there. So you have to really, there's a yin and yang, and you really, it's really optimal to keep that in mind with that, that there's a yin and yang. Can yeah. you push your body to do some amazing things? Absolutely. You absolutely can, but you also have to remember that as much as I push my body, I have to remember to recover yeah. almost as equally. Hmm, true, true. Yeah, that, that's that's how we actually um, have the optimal health in, in our life. If, mm -hmm. if not, we will be very, very tired and uh, we, we might even be depressed <laughs> because of that in yeah. a sense. Yeah, you ha you have think of this. You we have different levers, different performance levers in health, mm -hmm. and, and so it's it's not just this one thing that's going to solve everything or or, or take care of everything. There's many different levers that we have to keep in mind. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Makes sense. And Julian, so how how does a person's weight correlate to the vitality of their business and potential? Mm -hmm. Their weight and business. Yeah. So you know. We, you know, we live in a world where, okay, communication, a lot of times people think communication is verbal. Most of yeah. communication is nonverbal. Only around 7% is verbal. Mm. So what you're doing by when you correlate your health and your weight to business, you, you are basically, you're projecting an image. You're telling people how to address you without even realizing it. You know, I, there's a study I read a long time ago, and I forgot the name and everything, but it's basically people who were perceived to be healthier were a lot more favorable in their job interviews and their promotions. I mean, whether it's fair or not, I, I don't know. I mean, that's people can go philosophers, people can go debate that, but this is the world we live in. Um, and yeah. so, um, also, there's this thing called executive presence. And so we have this, we have our gravitas, we have our appearance, and then we have just, like I said, this communication style that we present. And so when you have someone who, who's at a pretty healthy weight and, and, and more importantly, feeling good about themselves and feeling good about what they're wearing, mm -hmm. there's a different energy about that person. And the oh. people, and the people all around you can feel that they can feel that gravitas. They can feel that aura that you have. Mm -hmm. And you're going to do business. People are going to do business with someone who looks more put together as you take care. If someone who could take care of their weight, take care of their health, 
a lot yeah. of times that signals that this person has some discipline. Not just seeing them. Mm -hmm. Okay. Understand. It's, it, yeah, and 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 so this doesn't mean though that a lot of times sometimes people have said it in the past, and I, I've said some of these points that does this mean I need to like wear suits or or whatever? It's it's. it's it's wearing something. It's wearing like your uniform, wearing whatever it is that you feel most comfortable in and that you mm -hmm. just you just feel this good aura about yourself. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. I mean, like if you see someone who is really obese, uh, who is like not no offense to people who are obese mm -hmm. in a sense, probably people who are obese, they look less they look less energetic, more lethargic in a sense. And, and also at the same time, Probably they look more uh, unkempt in a in a way or rather because to, to certain people they they can't buy the, the the size that they want it's not fitting and, and it looks very baggy and things like that so the way they dress and all the other stuff that that encompass how a person looks somehow or rather affects how other people look at them in in, in what you in terms of what you said just now in a sense and we live in a world of first impressions. Yeah. And uh, if you're a new entrepreneur and or if you're just still young in the game mm -hmm. of entrepreneurship, young in this thing, and I consider myself still young. So I'm always under the impression that I have one opportunity to make a favorable impression upon whoever I'm coming into contact with. So mm -hmm. I need to always keep that in mind. So I need every single advantage that I can have with me and an easy one right now you know, at least in the States, because I know the stats in the United States is that mm -hmm. the average person typically walking down the street, even the average business owner, is not really healthy and optimized. They're yeah. they're not exact. And some people are not exactly in poor health, but they're not in optimal health. They're really just existing. And there's a difference between someone who's existing and thriving. Hmm. Yeah, totally, totally. Uh, a person who is thriving is definitely... Uh, they 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 are more vibrant. They are mm -hmm. more radiant. They, their skin is more radiant, and, and etc. And probably they they, are, they might not have the abs, but they still look good inside out in a sense. Exactly. Yeah. The um you know abs abs are not necessarily abs <laughs> are, you don't have to be you don't have to have optimal health. You don't yeah. have to have abs to have optimal health. There's a there's a huge difference between mm -hmm. aesthetics. And actually, great optimal health that's indicative through like your lab work and everything. Abs are cool, but you know, not everyone wants to be nine percent, ten percent body fat. You, know, you can be oh, thirteen, yeah. fourteen. You can be like twelve percent, thirteen percent, and still have great biomarkers. Hmm. Okay. And speaking of abs, I, I know that you have very nice abs as as uh, shown in pictures and all this other stuff that I saw. Damn. <laughs> probably later on i'm gonna ask you how how did you get the apps later on after the show <laughs> but jokes aside i mean like um you know talking about athletes uh they they are really really awesome very optimal in their health so what what can high performing athletes teach entrepreneurs and business leaders about sustaining peak performance yeah, it, it, I think it's been one of the themes of this conversation here, and it's all about recovery. It's all oh, about re it's okay. all about recovery. A lot of entrepreneurs and people, most people in the sector I deal with, they are 
not remotely close to being lazy. I don't have to say, hey, man, you should get off the couch and go exercise or anything like that. It's none of that. That's more mm-hmm. maybe the mainstream narrative issue that some people have is just encouraging him to, hey, why don't you just, you know, go for a walk around the neighborhood or something? Mm-hmm. That's not really the conversations that we're having. Most people are not lazy, as I mentioned. The issue is um, getting some balance, getting some structure, getting some synergy going with with their um, with their health plan, their fitness plan that works with their professional and their personal life and having all these things just intertwine with each other. And of course you do that by being very precise, by being very dialed in, not giving just, you know, cookie cutter, generic templated advice. So you really have to learn each person. Now, what can the average person do right now? Anyone who's listening right now? Well, I call it taking a health audit, audit yourself. And, um, yeah, to audit yourself and, and this goes back to the point with athletes, a lot of athletes from LeBron James to Michael Jordan, to Serena Williams, to, um, uh, Cristiano Ronaldo, uh, Messi, all these guys, they practice visualization before they won their championships, before they were the best at their crafts at the top of their game, they mentally had a vision for what things were going to look like. Mm-hmm. They had a vision for how they were going to perform, where they were going. So they were already that thing before even achieving that thing. Michael Jordan was the best before yeah. he was actually declared the best by all of us. He was already the best in his head. Mm-hmm. And what this means for you is, as you're taking your audit, is to really decide what does aging look like to me? As I get chronologically older, but I'm going to stay biologically younger, what does that look like to me? So how am I moving? What do I look like? What do I feel like? Who's around me? What type of work am I doing? Who, what type of relationships do I have with? So you're really designing this life. You're creating this life because once you create this, then you can go ahead and start to live this life to start being that person. So a person who has that type of life, has that type of health, how does this person act on a daily basis? What type of actions and habits does this person do on a daily basis? And so you become that person. So to get that thing, you must become that person. And then once you have that, then you can start adding a lot of the cool gadgets and tools that are available at your disposal now. But without that, but without setting that foundation, all the, the wearables, the peptides, the supplements, none of that stuff is it's going to uh, really stick and, and be as beneficial because you don't have a foundation set. Yeah, yeah, totally. It's just like uh, what a lot of people have always said, uh, a lot of gurus have always said, be, do, have, right? Mm-hmm. So you got to be how you want yourself to be. And then after that, you do whatever that this particular optimal health person has always been doing. And then slowly and surely you have that optimal health that you always yearn for in, yeah. in a nutshell, right? And, and and give yourself some grace as you're doing this because that is the the toughest battle that you will encounter. And I still do it. And it still hits me sometimes is that you have this vision in your head of, of where you want to be and what you want to have. Mm-hmm. But to be that person today when everything in your physical surrounding right now is yep. saying the opposite 
mm-hmm. it takes a lot of mental work to, to, to fight and to not give into. Mm-hmm. So, okay. so, so continually to focus on that. So even if you're not at the weight that you want right now, or you don't have the body that you want right now, continually to focus in your head that says, I have this, I have that, I am this, I have this, I am this. Repeat it, repeat it, repeat it. Don't say, I am trying to get this, I am getting this. Say, I already have this thing. And continually affirm it to yourself. And I know that might sound a little woo-woo-y and everything. Mm-hmm. But trust me, it works. I was 165 pounds when I first started. And I had this vision in my head Whoa. that I'm going to be... I'm going to be around 200 pounds and I'm going to be able to run, box, lift and everything. And I'm going to be a certain, right? And I'm going to have a certain image and a certain everything. Of course, it didn't take overnight, but I kept this image in my head of I'm affirming this, I'm affirming this, I'm affirming this. Basically, what you're doing is you're brainwashing yourself. Yeah. Because a a lot of information out there is not very positive. It's not very Mm -hmm. empowering. It's usually there to make us feel like we don't have any power so we have to be our biggest proponent in this whole thing here Mm -hmm. okay nice yeah i i agree with you like the outside world it's pretty negative in a sense news Mm -hmm. certain entertainment stuff that you are reading up on it it will it will not help you prosper in in your in your health so it, it, it will make you feel depressed in a sense like oh man i i do not have this i need to do this i need to do that in order to have the the body of uh probably you know the celebrity that we we yearn to to have to that we look up to and all this other stuff and and yeah i I totally agree with you on that so that's why we need to do this kind of incantations or what they call as affirmations that you have actually mentioned and, and you know keep doing it until you really believe in it because your your brain can't tell what is real and what's fake absolutely right absolutely yeah absolutely that is the thing that your brain has no idea what's real and what's not you know so keep that in mind so whatever you're talking however you're talking to yourself and Mm -hmm. i'm not just talking about talking where somebody can hear you i'm talking about the chatter that only you can hear that's the most important chatter that goes on you know and so how are you, what are you telling yourself? How are you talking to yourself throughout the day? Are you building yourself up or are you building yourself down? Mm, okay, I understand. And just curious, like how can exercising become entrepreneurs and executives' biggest competitive advantage? Yeah, so um, one of the biggest reasons, as, as we kind of talked about earlier, was about the image and how that helps in, in regards to business and building up that executive presence. And another mm-hmm. way is also our cognitive health because as an entrepreneur, as a busy professional executive investor, you name it, your brain is one of your most important weapons, right? Yeah. And when you exercise, you are actually developing your brain. So even when you are exercising, you're training your brain. And when you are just training your brain, you are training your body and vice versa. And a key element in that is something, a substance called BDNF, BDNF. It stands for brain-derived neurotropic factor. And you're okay. building new neuron cells in your brain. You're helping your brain continually to fire. It's going to be this just machine. of. Um, and there's a, a bunch of other things when it comes to cognitive fitness. There's about 10 to 12 different elements ranging from computation to um, 
verbal ability and a whole host of others. But exercising is key in that component there. And also exercise gives you energy because we do not, we have to generate our energy. Something as we move our body, something called piezoelectricity. And so as you're exercising, this electricity factor is going on there. And, and so a lot of times you might think that you are taking away time by going to the gym for 30 minutes or so, but you're actually really gaining time. You're really gaining energy that you can be more productive, more efficient within your business because you're coming in in a higher performing and a healthier state. Mm, okay, nice. Okay, so for those of you who are tuning in, be it you're an entrepreneur or a professional or even like a professor, for example, you can actually uh, do all these exercises, be it hitting the gym, swimming or whatever that Julian has mentioned. Keep doing it because it will give you more energy and doesn't just give you more energy, but it also gives you the, the looks in the sense that you always wanted and it helps you to feel good as well because uh, I'm pretty sure that when you're exercising, all the feel-good hormones will come out as well and that will help you feel better uh, for that entire day or for anything that you're doing, you feel better at accomplishing whatever that you always wanted to do. And uh, and if there was a, um, also with exercising, okay, exercising is the... I haven't seen anything that defeats it yet. Exercising is probably the number one best anti-aging longevity tool available at our disposal. If pharmaceutical companies could find a way to pocket the benefits of exercise and appeal, the cost, I I couldn't imagine what the cost would be because exercising dramatically helps every single facet of our health, you know, from our mental Mm -hmm. health. Think about um, it's hard to be depressed or to just feel really anxious and down when you're going for a good run outside and you're out in nature, you're getting some sun, or if you're going for a swim, or if you're just lifting some weights, or if you're going for a walk, but you're talking with some friends while you're doing it, it's really hard to have these negative emotions as you're exercising. So this yeah. is why I say that w- when you're training your body, you're also training your mind, you're training your brain. Yeah, true. Like even like two years ago, when I was uh, when when I, when I felt broken because I had a had a massive uh, breakup in in a sense mm-hmm. uh, where I I was constantly thinking why why is why did this happening right so when I go exercise when I go hit hit the gym or go running even though at times I would think of that but it's usually not not const- constantly when I'm lifting weight mm-hmm. hey why why this happened to me but I will be like. It, it, I will still be thinking at times, but at most of the time I'll be counting the, the, the number of times I need to do what are the exercises I'm going to do. And when I'm doing that, I feel more refreshed in, in a mm-hmm. sense. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It, 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 it does make a difference in terms of exercising and, and you can actually be rest assured that your, your problems will be at the, at, at the back of your head, at the back of your mind, rather than, you know, uh, you keep thinking about it all the time and you feel miserable because after exercising I do feel the 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 goodness in it and and if I if I didn't exercise then mo- most likely I'll be more depressed in, in a sense yeah. yeah yeah I know I would be I know I would be exercising has helped me and oh man it's helped me in so many things 
and mm-hmm. it's I think the, the physical benefits are cool. Uh, I'm not going to lie about that. The physical benefits are cool, and, and it helped cool. me with confidence. But I think just getting through different difficult moments throughout life—that's that's the real thing with exercising. And also, when you when you push your body to do hard things and you accomplish feats that you didn't think was possible, when it comes mm-hmm. to exercising and different different sports, whatever you're choosing may be it gives you a sense of confidence that whatever whatever comes and faces you, whatever problems you may have in your business, your podcast, your YouTube channel, your job, your your class or whatever, whatever your vocation is, it gives you the quiet confidence that you can handle it because you've proven to yourself already that you can do hard things. You've proven to yourself already that I have the discipline to stick with something and consistently show up day in and day out. Yeah. Totally, totally. And, you know, um, I recently I actually watched your YouTube channel and I, I saw that you have this very interesting video, which uh, I'm going to ask you on, on this because, like, this is something that I find it will be really useful for everyone that's tuning in. And this is this this is the thing that I've, I felt that probably even I myself will benefit as well. And... Julian, I just want to ask you, like, what are the five questions that will help entrepreneurs lose weight, create their dream life, and accomplish anything else? Oh, man, I forgot that video. I forgot my five questions. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I forgot myself, but, um, oh, man, I did that a long time ago. You know, sometimes inspiration hits me, mm-hmm. and and I just mentioned these questions. Oh, my God. I'm having a, a brain fart. I want to say five questions. I want to see if I can find this in my notes. Maybe I type my notes. Let me look real quick. Sure, no problem. Let's see here. Five questions. You did some reading because um. You did some reading because I that's all that's a video I have I've completely forgot about. Yeah. I want to say. I think it's the first one I know is probably who am I? Yeah. I think yeah. it's who am I? Okay. Mm-hmm. And then I think the next one is, I think it's, what is my why? Yeah. I think that was it. Basically, what is my why? What is my mission right now? And I can't remember the other one. I want to say, where am I going? I think it's where am I going? And then I want to say who can help me get to where I'm going. Yeah. And then the last one is what are some potential chokeholds and obstacles that can stop me from getting what I want? Yes. This I, other... I, I'm not sure if it's in that exact order, but that's typically yes. it. Yeah. Sure. And a very, cause a very simple thing is I typically, when I think about that is that, um, it's sometimes easy to get really lost in in um in, in our goals and what we want and we make it too convoluted so a lot of times i break it down and i really need to recenter myself so i'm like who am i like who am i person you know what did i stand for where am i going you know where am i going okay and so now that i have this destination in mind of what i of what i have and where i'm going what's the thing that's going to stop me yeah. from getting there and then I think about who can help me 
whether it's like mm-hmm. getting a coach, getting a mentor, joining a community to keep me accountable and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, I, I, I believe uh, these are the five questions that people, especially entrepreneurs or even professionals who are mm-hmm. stuck right now, you guys should actually ask yourself these five questions because without these five questions, you you wouldn't you wouldn't be able to elevate yourself to another level. Like you, you will still be stuck. You'll still be stuck in the job that you are at right now, or probably you'll be stuck at at, at the the place that you do not like to be at, mm-hmm. at right now. So I'm pretty sure that when you're asking yourself these questions, who am I? Uh, what is my why and 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 so on and so forth the orders will be able to pivot you to another another place and this is how a lot of people i'm pretty sure like you know julian has actually mentioned serena williams lebron james cristiano ronaldo or even people that that we look up to like tony robbins and and so many other people that have actually elevated from from where they were which they don't really like to where they are right now. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that book behind you, the Tony Robbins Unlimited Power, it's a very good book. That can, that can help oh. a lot of people. All right. All right. Nice. And those of you who are tuning in, if you are a book junkie like me or, or like, uh, you know, a, a bookworm in a sense, then you guys should check out Unlimited Power. It's, it's something really fascinating and it talks a lot about how powerful everyone can be is just that we haven't lived that potential yet so that's why you guys should check out that book and last but not least i have one last question for you before we end this podcast uh julian imagine this you suddenly lose everything okay Mm. your money your reputation so what would you do from day one to day 30 to save yourself day one to day 30 okay um i guess there's a lot of things i would do but the first thing is i'm going to spend day one i know day one i'm going to spend day one getting back on an equilibrium state because maybe maybe i'm coming into that that day when i wake up and i'm like crap i don't have anything i'm like Mm -hmm. what am i going to do so i'm going to do what i always tell other people to do i'm going to run an audit i'm going to assess the situation for what it is Regardless of how I feel, I'm going to separate my feelings from the reality, deal with it. I'm composed now. After I get myself composed, let's say it's past midday now, I'm going to actually enjoy the rest of the day. I'm going to find something to do to enjoy myself. Because now I've laid out a plan. Like I'm a general getting ready to go to battle in the morning. But I'm going to enjoy the evening. I think they used to do that at some of the wars. But, you know, they know they got to go out in the morning and fight, but they'll enjoy some drinks and stuff the night before. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to drink or anything, but um, I'm going to enjoy myself. Right? Okay. Because I think it was the the War of Art. I think it was the War of Art Sanju. I think he said, um, when you have nothing and nothing's going right, that is when you should be most that is when you should be most most uh, free and you shouldn't worry as much. But when everything is going right and you have everything, that is when you should be most paranoid and, and, and worry. And there's another book called Only the Paranoid Survive that also talks about this as well. So this is a long day one assessment. But the point is, I have my game plan. And so now I'm going to focus on serving 
and being of value. I'm going to start building relationships. Okay. And go from there. Because now I know from day one, I know there's something that I'm skilled at. Yeah. That I can provide a service for. So I'm going to start building relationships in that regard. Finding a way to also provide value, provide information of some sort. And then I'm going to keep doing this every single day. And then at least and at least by day 30, I will have had probably at least one person or so <laughs> to where I can eat. I didn't know. Do I still have a house or am I homeless too? Uh, no. Uh, okay. <laughs> you're, you're most likely you're, 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 you're homeless as well <laughs> because okay. you lost everything. I lost right. everything. So... Okay, so I guess I'm sleeping on somebody's couch. I, I don't I don't know about sleeping outside. I'm gonna ask, <laughs> I'm gonna sleep on somebody's couch. So by day or three or four, I got a place to stay at. Cause I, I, I gotta I gotta be a dude that I like to clean up and everything. So I gotta at least shower and look good. So I, I am gonna do that. <laughs> My grooming is still gonna be good because you dress how you want to be addressed, and also this gives off an energy, right? And so mm-hmm. people treat you differently as well when you start treating yourself well. Yeah. So before I can expect anything from the world to give me anything, I have to first get my internal state. So that's actually what I'm doing for seven days. I'm going to do a little stuff with the outside world, but I'm really getting myself ready. You know, Mm. I'm really getting myself ready. And then I'm going to really hit it hard. And then by day 30, I think I'm still going to sleep on their couch. And... (laughs) Okay. I'm going to get, I'm going to give them some rent, but I'm still building up money and everything. And uh, I can start investing or something in building wealth and not just getting um, depreciating assets and just buying things and stuff. So um, I guess this doesn't need to really be an investing class or anything like that, but mm-hmm. I wouldn't just be in a rush just to say, Hey, I'm gonna go buy another house after losing everything. I'm going to say, Hey, you know, I'm bonding with these people who gave me a place to stay and I'm going to, give them a little money and everything just so I'm not going to just, you know, freeloading in their place. And then I'm I'm going to keep rinsing and repeating again. So Mm -hmm. I guess that was kind of a long convoluted day one to 30 answer. But if you wanted to boil it down to the nuts and bolts is number one is to get your mind right, get your body right and exercise and basically get your whole human system and internal state operating as good as it can be with the circumstances have a great game plan, simplistic, and then execute, execute, execute regardless of your feelings, execute, execute, execute regardless of your feelings, and mm-hmm. rinse and repeat. And then something inevitable is going to happen. It's, I think it's the law of averages. It's going to happen eventually. Awesome. Yeah, I, I, I love what you have mentioned. And I'm pretty sure a lot of us will have to do this as well they have to audit themselves and they got to let their feelings uh, you know be be a part of it Mm -hmm. for a while then after that they will audit and then they'll reflect and then blah 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 exercise and all this other stuff and then they feel better and then they go out and conquer the world again in a sense yeah let it let it out um let it out i mean if you're feeling angry or something if you can um ask the gym get a uh, a week trial at the gym and use the boxing bag and and un- un- unleash everything on that bag and punch your frustration out and if that when that free trial runs out run outside and it'll clear your mind totally totally well uh, thank you so much for you know all this 
knowledge and wisdom that you have imparted to us in this podcast episode. Really appreciate you for coming over here. It's our honor and pleasure to have you here as well. So for those of you who are who just uh, you know got inspired by Julian, you guys should go to his website at theartoffitnessandlife.com to check him out. Like he's 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 amazing and he has been featured in so many places that I mentioned earlier. And you guys should read whatever that he has typed or he has been interviewed on on this uh, amazing magazine because he has a lot of amazing knowledge and wisdom to to share on different platforms as well and by the way julian do you mind if you share with the audience like where can they find you in your social media yeah so social media it will will be linkedin it will be the julian hayes the second or i think it's actually just the julian hayes i'm sorry the julian hayes (laughs) on linkedin and twitter it would be um the julian hayes linkedin i'm sorry it's julian hayes okay it's nighttime over here sorry <laughs> so yeah linkedin <laughs> linkedin is julian hayes and um twitter is the julian hayes and um youtube you can find it the art of fitness and life and i'm just really getting things going over there on youtube so i got a lot of different concepts that's coming up in the future over on youtube all right awesome awesome so with that I would like to thank each and every one of you for tuning in and for supporting the Regency Show for as long as it has been. And stay tuned for the next episode of the Regency Show where we're going to have not just entrepreneurs from America, but we're going to have people from around the world coming on to the show to share a lot of love and a lot of wisdom with you guys. So stay tuned for the next episode and take care and stay safe during this of time all right so don't forget to exercise bye-bye exactly (laughs) (laughs) thank you everyone for listening to another episode of the regacy show i hope it has enlightened you i hope it has brought you to an epiphany where you realize that this is where you want to go and this is what you want to do so i hope you will continue to support and also at the same time like comment and share this episodes out to your people to your family your friends and not forgetting that we have just created a telegram group it's called the Regacy show family so you can go and check it out and let us know how you find this group is serving you all right so with that i would like to thank you once again see you and stay tuned for another episode of the legacy show